1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: What would you think? And so people looking at them, they would view her pregnancy as adultery. He would be humiliated. He would look like a fool. And she would be a candidate for stoning and, you know, if you were Joseph and you were an angry young man wanting to save face, you would only be happy to cast the first stone. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life
1: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. What an amazing blessing it is for us that you have joined us today for the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are celebrating the most wonderful time of the year, As Pastor Keith brings us a series of Christmas messages, so if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: Father, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the first Advent, Lord. We thank you for what it means for us and our salvation, and for those that we will share the Gospel with in the days ahead, and those who would believe and As we look forward to your second coming, Father, we thank you that you sent your son to this broken planet to seek and save that was which is lost, and how he came so humbly, almost invisibly to the world. The greatest event in history, the incarnation. Father, we we are mystified and amazed, it's unbelievable. And so, Father, today we celebrate your Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. In his name we pray. Amen. So this is, if you're just joining us today, the last of a series called uh, Rethinking Christmas. We've kind of looked at Christmas differently a little bit over the last few weeks, over the last few Sundays. Today's message is entitled, Unbelievable. Uh, he, ca- he called his name Jesus from uh, Matthew one twenty five b because it's unbelievable when you think of all the situations and circumstances that took place back then. You know, you hear all kinds of stories for which we say unbelievable and there are stories that seem unbelievable, events, situ- situations and circumstances that seem unbelievable. There's an old saying, and if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Well, that's mostly true. And I can tell you And looking back over 40 years in different types of leadership positions, whether it's in the secular world or in the church world, people tell you all kinds of stories. And sometimes people make all kinds of excuses for the things they do. And it's unbelievable. Years and years and years ago, I'm sorry to say, I once had a man arrested for defrauding our hotel. And as he was sitting there in his suite, he had a really nice 1,400-square-foot suite, handcuffed and chained to the chair, surrounded by two large sheriffs, as I entered the room to speak with him, uh, he talked to me as if it was just any other day. And you know, this is just a really small misunderstanding. This is no big deal. And he spoke as if everything were normal. And this was a conversation between two reasonable men. And I sat there and wondered what was going through his mind. What could be normal about this? I mean, in what world would anyone in his position expect to make pleasantries? Uh, They discovered uh, 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 counterfeited securities which made his crimes federal. And as we chatted, I knew he had to be lying to me, just about everything he said. He knew that I knew he was lying. I knew that he knew that I knew he was lying, and he knew that I knew that he knew that I knew that he knew he was lying. (laughs) And yet this charade, unbelievable. But, you know, for every depraved story or sad story, there's a kind of a happy or wholesome story, the occasional unbelievable good story. Years ago, Terry and my little girls, when we moved to California from uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and we, they were driving our ugly Dodge minivan on the 5 freeway. And, you know, in, in California, it's different than driving in North Carolina. In California, you have a sense, such a sense of community when you drive. People are like, right up on your tail, and everybody's going 65 miles an hour, and it's all great, unless you're not from here, of course. And so she drove our turquoise blue Dodge minivan with a Union 76 ball on the antenna. I don't know how that got there, but hey, that's another story. Unbelievable. Uh, Her left front tire blew out in traffic, and as the car became unstable and she began to swerve, She threaded the needle through all the other people that she was sharing community with and pulled over to the side of the road. And there, unbelievably, was one of those call boxes. And so she called the highway patrol, said, I have had a blowout, um, you know, and help me. And the woman on the phone said, you know, I know that you're really nervous right now. I know that you feel panicked. But look, I'm a Christian, I want you to know that God is in charge, and he has watched over you, and he has guided you to the side of the road. Unbelievable. And then, within seconds, here comes a pickup truck, and a man gets out says, I'm here to change your tire. And he, without a word, changes the tire, gets in his car and leaves. And And she's thinking, you know, well, wow, that's fast out here in California. Then a few minutes later, maybe 20 minutes later, a highway patrol pulls up, And uh, he gets out, and he's like, you know, you okay? Somebody will be here soon to change your tire. And she's like, well, they already came. He's like, oh, okay. So then he went to the trunk of his car, and he got a big doll out and gave it to one of my girls. And then she drove off, and everybody was safe and sound. And that sounds unbelievable. And looking back on it, I think Terry and I talking about this even this morning, we believed it was an angel who changed that tire. He Never really looked at her. He never engaged her in conversation. There's no way. He wasn't responding to the call. He just pulled in, changed it, and left in a matter of minutes. This guy appears from nowhere. Unbelievable. God is good. Speaking of unbelievable and the goodness of God, today's passage has unbelievable qualities, unbelievable on several levels, particularly if your name is Joseph. And our passage today is Matthew 1.18 to 25. Matthew 118 to 25, and it's an account of the birth of Jesus. And so let me read it to you before we get into the passage. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When Mary, his mother, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Unbelievable. Today at Christmas Day, we look back on this. We look back on the incarnation of Christ the birth of the Savior of the world. And we look at this, and sometimes we read this and go, oh, okay, great. And we take it for granted. Maybe we're used to it, but what you see here is an unbelievable set of circumstances, an unbelievable story, and in the end, unbelievable faith. So as we look back at the events of the first coming, of the first advent, as we celebrate Christmas today as a church family... I'd like to organize our thoughts around four chapters, if you will. Chapter one is the betrothal. Chapter two is the betrayal. Chapter three is the message. And chapter four is the Messiah. Chapter one, the betrothal. You look at Matthew chapter one, verse 18, and you start reading it. It's believable. No big deal. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. Well, there's nothing unbelievable about that. It's entirely believable. Believable, that is, if things had stopped right there. The casual observer of their day would have said that this was a match made in heaven. A young man and a young woman coming together to be married. And and then there's the backstory. Joseph and Mary were both of the Davidic line, heirs several places removed, to the throne of David. You can see this in the genealogy of Matthew 1. You can see it in the genealogy of Luke 3. God had promised to maintain the dynasty as part of the Davidic covenant. He had also promised that the Messiah would come through the Davidic line. And such couples as them could only hope, perhaps one day, to be the parents of the Deliverer, the Messiah King in the line of David. But little did Joseph and Mary know That's exactly who they were, although they they could not yet realize this given the circumstances they found themselves in. They were betrothed. Let's talk about betrothal. Betrothal is a concept largely lost today on Western culture. It's not like being engaged. It's like being engaged on steroids. To be betrothed was to be legally and morally married in the eyes of the Jewish people, even before the service, even before the wedding night. And betrothal, betrothal preceded a long celebration, but let me just tell you right now, Joseph and Mary were morally and legally married in the eyes of the culture, in the eyes of everybody they knew. Which brings us to chapter 2, the betrayal. Because when she was found to be with child, as we're going to read about in just a moment, Given the way things worked in those days, Joseph and likely anybody else who knew them suspected that Mary had been impure and unfaithful to Joseph with someone else. Matthew 1.18, the whole sentence. Now, the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with Child. from the Holy Spirit. Who? Now, in those days, I mean, first of all, it says found to be with child. It's not like she caught a cold, right? And second of all, a virgin birth was very uncommon, if not impossible in the eyes of the people. And also, you know, we read this today. We we read with child by the Holy Spirit. We're like, okay, because we're 21st century Christians. But at that time, The Jewish people did not have the same understanding of the Holy Spirit that we do. In fact, when you go through the Old Testament, try to find the word Holy Spirit there. Now, we may remember it in Psalm 51 where David says, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But for the Jewish people, the concept of the Holy Spirit, he was nearly unknown to them in the way that we knew them. And so for her to go to Joseph, well, I've conceived a child with the Holy Spirit. That would be unbelievable i mean if you were in his place what would you think and so people looking at them they would view her pregnancy as adultery he would be humiliated he would look like a fool and she would be a candidate for stoning and you know if you were joseph and you were an angry young man wanting to save face you would only be happy to cast the first stone But Joseph, it appears, was no ordinary young man. Now, she was probably 14 or 15. He might have been 17, 18, 19. Who knows? But he was no ordinary young man. Why do we say this? Look at Matthew 1.19. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, you see, He's going to have to go through a divorce. So they are as good as married. He was her husband, and he was the offended party. And yet, given the unhappy news he had received prior to their wedding, most likely he was told by either one of her family members, or she came with a delegation of her family members and told him, or maybe his parents told him. Who knew? But he was humiliated. He was probably brokenhearted. His life was turned upside down. And, you know, in our entitlement society, he would have been entitled to vengeance of some kind. And no one could blame him. But what do we read instead? And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. He did not believe what she said. When she said, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit, he wasn't buying what she was selling. Until, until what? Well that brings us to chapter 3, the message. The message. What message? Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. But as he considered these things, you know this had to be weighing heavily on his mind and soul. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then we read, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What's going on here? Joseph... As Mary, no doubt, had done, we read about that elsewhere in Luke's gospel, received a message from God with unmistakable promises that would authenticate the message also and justify Joseph's decision to trust in God. Joseph was turning all this stuff over in his head. He has this dream. He's in a lose-lose situation. And then an angel from the Lord appears to him in a dream as he wrestled through his circumstances and says, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, if you were in his place, you'd wonder, is this a dream or a nightmare? This is only clouding the issue here. This is only making things more difficult. I mean, this could just be a figment of his imagination, a product of a troubled mind wrestling through. Probably in his world, what would be the greatest disappointment a man could expect? The angel's address may, though, have been significant to Joseph because he called him son of David and reminded him of his royal lineage, of who he was, despite the fact he was a carpenter and not part of a royal court living in a country under Roman occupation, despite the fact that the current king of the Jews was a Udamean, a pretender, a puppet of the Roman government. But not to be missed in the dream is the same terminology that Mary heard, the Holy Spirit, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And so there's this test. Then finally, this test of Joseph's faith is wrapped in a promise of confirmation. Don't miss this. We often read through a passage and overlook things. He gives him something he can hang on to. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation. And then you see the tagline, for he will save his people from their sins. So notice Joseph, Joseph receives this incredible message, an unbelievable message of great hope for jo- Joseph and others, that he would have the opportunity to raise a son, and by the sovereign decree, name him Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is salvation because this son is the promised Savior, the Messiah who would come and redeem his people and rescue his people from their sins. This child would be the long-awaited Messiah, and God had chosen this unlikely couple to bear his son and name him accordingly. Now, you and I have this larger picture. We're, We're looking back through the pages of Scripture, and in verse 22 in 23, we have this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Believable for the modern day Christian, but hard to conceive of in Joseph's day. And this reminds us, for looking back, those of us with are looking back through the pages of scripture, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, God the Son, the Savior of the world, and that trusting in him, we have life in his name. But in Joseph's situation, this was all going to be a stretch. And then there's this promise. If he keeps her, if he trusts God, she will bear a son. That's a, something that he could trust in. You'll know this is for real. She'll bear a son. You know, they didn't have ultrasounds and sonograms in those days. And so this promise is something that no man could know with certainty. So Joseph would have to trust God and God's promises above his own reputation, above his own humiliation, at the risk of his sanity. And so if Joseph would take Mary to be his wife, then he would find out if his faith was justified at the birth of a son or not justified at the birth of a daughter. We see an unbelievable risk. We see incredible faith. We see an unbelievable set of circumstances. And we see an incredible man Joseph. Joseph's faith would be tested and confirmed by Joseph's obedience in keeping Mary rather than putting her to shame or divorcing her. And Joseph's reaction to all this well, what would you do? We see his answer, we see his reaction, we see his great faith. And verses 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Unbelievable. Yahweh, Savior. That's what he named this son. A name with a message, Yahweh saves. Joseph believed as Mary believed at great personal risk. And when Joseph woke, he did as God commanded him. They were both asked to believe. They were both asked to trust and obey. And they did just that. How similar our lives are today. We risk humiliation and embarrassment bearing the name of Christian. So just what was their hope here? Well, that brings us to chapter 4. The Messiah, the Savior, the Incarnation. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's Matthew 1, 22 and 23. God with us. God in the flesh. Unbelievable. Just as the angel had told Mary, so it was. In the fullness of time, God would send his son. Just as the angel promised Joseph in a dream, so it was. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. These things were written that we would know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing in him, we would have life in his name. They trusted then and there. We read that they were righteous before God, they had great faith already. But that faith was was tested in these unbelievable circumstances. And unbelievable, they called his name Jesus.
1: Pastor Keith Crosby,